airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. And um, we've got a couple books that we would like to give away today. Um, in the third and final segment of the show, we have two books to give away to you. Um, now, if you decide that you want to use these books as like Christmas happies for people in your life, like two women in your life, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But if you are a sister listening today and you're like, you know, I really am looking for a great devotional to start the year mm-hmm. 2020 with. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something that I can kind of dive in and uh, or dive into and just have that be an encouragement for me to start off the, the year. Mm-hmm. We've got two books to give away. All right. And uh, we're also going to interview the general editor of this devotional. It's Women of Courage, a 40-day devotional. Mm. A 40-day devotional. Okay. So if you are interested, keep listening. Uh, Maybe as you listen to the interview in the next segment, you'll grow uh, more interested and you'll have an opportunity to get a copy for you um, if you want to keep it or Mm -hmm. maybe you want to give it away as a gift. You can do that. It's beautiful. It's a hardback um, devotional. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we've got two of them to give away to um, a couple of our sisters in the Lord. So if you're listening, um, this this is for you. Now, can a brother get it for a sister in the Lord? No. As a gift? You no. know what I'm saying? What? No. What? 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 No, men with that? dominate and take everything from us. We're tired <laughs> no, he would of give it away. male superiority. He- we are tired of <laughs> resist the patriarchy. Resist. <laughs> No. He would give it away no. as a gift. No. Come on, man. Don't no. Be like that. No, I'm just kidding. Probably. <laughs> do you see that whole that's that's usually what you're watching when you're watching like liberal outrage. It's all like manufactured <laughs> and they come down from the emotion pretty quickly when there are no cameras. Right. So just as I'm all up there, resist the patriarchy. No, no, no. And then it's like, okay, maybe. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> if there's a brother listening and you're like, man, I certainly would like to get that for my wife. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I can't tell you no, brother. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. That's that's just so noble. Some love to the men yeah, out Yeah, and yeah. I mean, you know, here here's the deal, though. I, I will tell you this. I feel bad for husbands because should a husband win this book for his wife mm-hmm. and endeavor to give it as a gift. Yes, I'm the, trying to help you out. The wife, it would be great. And it's, you can see I how just, spiritual your wife really is. Well, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That's not where I was going with this at all. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, no, I was just saying that when when wives try to surprise their husbands with something, uh-huh. we usually are able to keep our surprises hidden. Like we can, you know, if something comes in the mail, we usually, we're really good at that. Mm-hmm. But you husbands, I feel so bad for you because when a package is down the street from us, we can smell if it's something <laughs> in there for us. You kinda, you're like, wait a minute, I have a, is that? <laughs> that boy ordered something for me. We just know. Like, need, we can smell just need to it. Chill out and just wait and just stop can, being all 
Can I know, tell you a joke? Sneaky. I, I don't know that you know this, but <laughs> there was a running joke in our home. And I'm sorry that you're you're like, uh, I don't know if this is proper to say, you're not on the good receiving end of the joke. I'm not? No. <laughs> You're not. I just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just see that joke behind my back and we stuff, do. man. That's messed we do. up. I'm sorry, but at least now I'm telling you. I'm like you. Rodney Dangerfield. Well, I get no respect at I all. mean, be careful with that because <laughs> I am commanded to respect you. So I wouldn't go that far so as to make me anti biblical. Um, I, I do adhere to the word of God. Now, your children, not so much. So stone them. I mean, I, yeah, we, we agree. No, but listen, so there's a running joke at home that if there's a package that comes with your name on it, the kids don't even gather around. They're just like, oh, it's daddy's. <laughs> Wait, what? So they expect it to be something boring. <laughs> That's what oh, they say. Wow. That's what they say. I mean. So they expect it to be. Well, I'm glad. Like, they need they to think, stay away from my packages. They think my name is on it. Some That's right. sort of nutritional supplement. <laughs> That's what they say. They go, oh, it's daddy's. And then, or what? they will say, they will say, oh, it's what? probably something for his beard. <laughs> Did you, you didn't know that, y'all. That's oh, genuine laughter. He's wow. never. This is the first time he's okay. ever heard this, and I'm sharing it with all of our family. <laughs> so the other day, so the other day, there was a package delivered to our house. Now with me, they clown because it's books, but at least they can look at the books <laughs> and they can read them. They, they'll start to look and thumb See, through. See, but I get books, but they they go to my. Uh, well, they don't want to know. They don't want to know twenty ways. I to use have Kindle. The, they don't want to know. That's why they don't. They don't, you know, they don't you're come just in the mail. A, you're determined to ruin my joke. <laughs> They don't want to know 20 ways to have a better beard by Saturday. <laughs> I don't. I wouldn't buy a book. So for they that. don't. It would, come on, just tell the truth and shame the devil. Will the great everybody? Everybody who looks at Will's beard and you're like, man, that's a great beard. It's not natural. I what? just want everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's not natural. He's got beard implants oh. and, and and he grooms and and there's oils and salves and <laughs> implants and oil. Come I'm kidding, now. guys. Now that's a joke. That really is a joke. I'm just kidding. You know, it's not very often that women get to clown their husbands. You know well, what I mean? It's very like, often that y'all do that. Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, anyway, the whole point of what I was what I was setting up to say was mm -hmm. that um, our our mailman was delivering a package, came to the door, and um, I just happened to be over near the door. Seriously, just happened to be over near the door. So mm -hmm. I opened the door and I just you know greeted him and was thanking him. And he says, you know, I don't know if you are aware, he says, but there's a package in your mailbox. He says, it's been there a couple of days. And I said, oh, no, I didn't know that, you know. Hmm. So I, I come back in and I say, hey, J.D., run down to the mailbox. <laughs> and because <laughs> the house is situated on the hill, so I'm not about to do that. So I go, J.D. <laughs> Guys, look, I'm going to be honest with you about my parenting skills or the lack thereof. And, uh, and it's a little bit breezy outside. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I say, son, in your shorts and flip flops, run down to the mailbox. Mm. And uh, check and, and but this is what JD says. Now he goes, but you know he's a jokester as well. He goes, "Mom, chances are it's something for Dad." And he, <laughs> wow. And, and he goes, "Chances are it's boring." Wow. Do you really want me to go get it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want me to go get it? See what I got to deal with, and man. I, and so Rodney I, Dangerfield. Y'all just call me Rodney from now on. I say to him, "No, please go get it, son. We can't leave the package. It's taking up space <laughs> in the box and all of that stuff." And sure enough, it's like you know. <laughs> it's like on, it's like it's like come whey on. whey protein yeah, come on, <laughs> body powder i don't know what it is it's i'm joking <laughs> guys that's a that's a joke but
But you do. <laughs> Body you, powder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Hans and I'm Franz. And we are going to pump you up. Body Anyways, powder. um, that was okay. a joke. I did just it's not funny if you actually like try to make it make <laughs> I sense. I was like I try to figure out what would that even be. It would be something like bodybuilding something, but that's oh, not a real thing. What is the body powder. I'm like <sighs> like Johnson and Johnson on me. <laughs> you know. Folks, one of us will be here all week. <laughs> one of us will be here all week. The other one's going home early because of the tomatoes. <laughs> Just the the tomatoes and Whatever. the rotten onions thrown at him. Uh, what? Let me just, okay, listen. This is our dynamic, and people are, they're growing to understand this. Mm -hmm. They appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Here's how we work, right? Each of us has a role to <laughs> See, play. I'm, trying to boss me I'm the funny one. Here's how we work. <laughs> come on, man. I mean, come on, man. I mean, come on, man. Come here's on. how we work. I mean, come on, man. Come on. I mean, come on, man. Come on. You know, one of the fastest ways for Will to shut me down <laughs> is to accuse me of a lack of submission. He knows that that's a very sensitive subject in my world. <laughs> and so I care so much about that. Like, even my best jokes, I will lay them aside if he accuses me <laughs> of a lack of submission. Lack submission. E e I didn't no. say that. But you said, here's how this works. And <laughs> That's if I'm what you telling, said. Okay, but I that but it was all a joke. <laughs> I was joking too. No. Ah, uh, see, see. No, because you're the leader. <laughs> and when you say things like uh. that, wives, don't cry to manipulate your husbands. Okay. <laughs> to my sisters in the Lord, don't do that. Don't like, do it. It's so easy to do because it can shut down a conversation in a second. <laughs> Even the best beers will crumble <laughs> when their wives start oh. to cry. What is it about you guys and mm -hmm. crying that you just, we, we have so much to talk about. Yeah, well, what are I'm we sorking sorry. about here today? We're, we've we've gone Friday. way off the rails. It's not Friday. So then Friday's <laughs> going to be a serious show uh -oh. to pay back for this segment. Got to okay. pay back for this segment. Um, I want to talk today about a mega pastor mm. who is making news headlines because he has um, decided that he has no choice except to go on sabbatical, to take a break from the pulpit. Yeah. And so uh, he's going to be doing that from January 1, 2020, until April 1, 2020. And it's interesting what he lays out as he recently um, presented this information and mm. then preached a sermon mm. uh, regarding being tired and mm. being just kind of weary and feeling dis, uh, distant from the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about that a little bit, but we don't have a whole lot of time to get into it mm. in this segment. Mm. So what I also wanted to do, because you and I were talking about this um, we mentioned this Barna report from yesterday. Yeah. Remember that? And we mm -hmm. were talking about these groups of young people, 18 to 29, mm -hmm. and they are the group that's notorious for falling away from the faith. And 38% uh, of them, the largest breakdown, they are what Barna calls habitual churchgoers. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the next large per largest percentage would be the 30% that are the nomads. They're unchurched, followed by the prodigals. They're just ex-Christians. They have walked away from the faith. Yeah. The smallest percentage breakdown, 10%, are called the resilient disciples. Right. And we mentioned yesterday, and, and you know, I think that many people listening to us would agree that there is a chance, a strong chance, a big chance for the church to take that 10% and take some of those from that 38%, those mm -hmm. habitual church growers and Goers, kind yeah. of habitual church goers mm -hmm. and bring them over into the, the resilient, resilient disciples group. It's going to take work. I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take some work. It's going to take a lot of work. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that, Will. Um, so what I thought we might mention, because I think we kind of talked around this and we mm. kind of looked big picture, but I think we could zoom in and make this personal because you mm. alluded to it. You alluded to this idea of having someone in your life mm. that is 
pouring into your life that is, you know, holding you accountable and asking you the tough questions, but then also you having someone in your life into whom you're pouring mm. and asking the tough questions and mm. praying for, um, this is vital to the health of and the growth of the church. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I uh, think what is it? Second Timothy two. Second Timothy two two. Yeah. Where that's... the apostle Paul is mm-hmm. saying to Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, mm-hmm. this entrust to faithful men who mm-hmm. be able to teach others also. Yeah. The principle there is the faith being passed down transgenerationally, mm-hmm. and we have missed these elements. You know, we kind of think, well, everybody's going to get it the way that I get it. Yeah. But if you look at what the Bible teaches us about the different gifts that are in the body, right? It's so that we are all built up until we reach unity in the faith. Mm-hmm. So we're all supposed to take our gifts. So, so for example, if you've got in your midst someone who's a teacher, well, if they're listening to a presentation, and I not to undermine the teaching of the word of God, but if they're listening to the word uh, be taught on like a Sunday morning, other teachers may get some things that a person who is not inclined to teach might miss. Mm, mm. And the teacher may not have an official capacity to be in the pulpit or be teaching small groups or anything like that. Mm. But as a teacher, you can teach someone one-on-one, right? You can be in relationship with someone where you are helping them walk through what it is to live as a believer. So the challenge that, that we would like to extend is not just to, pastors and churches because i think that's so distant and cold yeah you say pastors need to do this Mm. churches need to do this Mm. well we're talking about people Mm -hmm. so what if we the body of christ we the capital c church each of us undertook to begin discipling and i'm thinking you know how when you're going into a new year people will often start to think well man there are just some things that the lord's put on my heart that i need to do differently maybe this will be one of those things Mm. um not to be accusing but maybe you've been a little bit stingy with some of the gifts that you have yeah maybe you're a teacher yeah. maybe you're an exhorter an mm-hmm. encourager right mm-hmm. and maybe there's someone in your life who would benefit from the wisdom and the insight that you have gained over many years of walking with the lord mm. so our encouragement is that you would prayerfully consider how do we dwindle this 38 percent that would be in the category of habitual churchgoers yeah who do not faithfully live out what it means to be a Christian. Remember, that's the distinction being in that category. You go to church faithfully, but that's not your number one distinction. You are not chiefly identified with Christ. The resilient disciples, however, are. Right. So my question and my challenge is, how do we make more resilient disciples? And I think each one of us has the responsibility to disciple, to equip, to train, so that our faith doesn't die with us. That's right. You understand what I'm saying? That's right. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take the break and we'll be right back. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We certainly do appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Francesca Battistelli, Defender. Cherry. 
I'm sorry. Wow, she just won't let her husband talk. <laughs> That's the problem with women Stepping today. Stepping all over me. They talk too much. Come on. They talk over their husbands. <laughs> and they have this thing where they want to wear shoes now in public. <laughs> These women want to wear shoes. Stop it. <laughs> Welcome back. Sorry to, sorry to you and sorry to Francesca. What she was saying about our great defender is so much more important than me just <laughs> jumping in. I apologize. Okay, Sherry, B Sherry B is yes, over. All right. <laughs> Sherry B is over in Studio CC. She has gotten our guest on. We're yes. going to introduce her in just a second, but I will remind you that we have two of these gorgeous mm. women's devotionals to give away today, and I'm excited about that. So make sure you're listening in the next segment. We're going to open the phone lines up, and we're going to give away two of these devotionals. As you understand, I didn't want to give it to any men. Unless men's going to give it to a man, a man's going to give it to his wife. Well, no, because you told me that. <laughs> I said, what about so the in, possibility in order of, for a, the... of a man calling in and say, I want to give this to my wife. And, but that's not how or I heard it. my daughter. That's or, not how I heard it. I heard, woman, you're giving that book to a man <laughs> who wants it for his wife. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Guys, mm. I, we have to joke about the caricatures <laughs> of these relationships right mm. in America. Mm. Like we have to joke <laughs> about the caricatures. Anyway, no, I, they, all joking aside. I do want to give away two copies. We, mm -hmm. Will the Great and I, yeah, want to give away yeah. two copies to a husband <laughs> or to a wife who will call in and we will give the call number and then we'll tell you which caller you need to be to, to pick it up. That's it. Um, if you happen to be a husband and you get through, mm -hmm. just know that I'm not mad at you. Yeah, yeah. I'm mad at Will. And I'm fighting for you, bro. No, stop. <laughs> If y'all could see Will, he put his fist up. <laughs> I'm fighting for you, bro. Put your fist down. You guys are not oppressed. All right, here we go. Um, Mary, are you there, Mary? I am here. I am here. Mary, do you have any, like, degrees in counseling, marriage counseling, anything? <laughs> I mean, oh, you, I wish. You're I married. Wish. Although I'm not sure if that would be good or bad news for my own marriage. No. <laughs> well, well, you know what? Will and I could counsel you. You want to get Mark on? No, I'm kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, let me officially introduce you. Mary Carver is a writer, speaker, and recovering perfectionist. Oh, wow. Yay. Okay. I mean, well. don't recover. <laughs> Mary, just stay I right there. so close. <laughs> She's almost there. Wait. <laughs> I guarantee, Mary. I guarantee you some people miss that joke. <laughs> You're so close to recovering from being a perfectionist. Yeah. All right. I just wanted to give people a second just to get it. Okay. Um, anyways, I want to encourage people to check out your website, marycarver.com, marycarver.com. Uh, Mary is also the co-author of Choosing, Choose Joy, Finding Hope and Purpose When Life Hurts, as well as a regular contributor to Encourage and momadvice.com. Mary and her husband, Mark, live in Kansas City with their two daughters. And she joins us today to talk about this beautiful 40-day uh, devotional, Women of Courage. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Tell us a little bit about the setup of this, this devotional. How is it designed to encourage women? Okay, sure. Well, thank you, first of all, for having me on your show. I'm so excited to talk with you all. Um, women of Courage, a 40-day devotional, is inspired by, well, by two things. One, by the Encouraged Devotional Bible, mm. where we have um, we have partnered with Lifeway and B&H to put out this Bible that has a lot of devotions inside the Bible, but also features um, profiles on women of the Bible. And we got such a great response to that that we decided to pull those out and really dive into those stories specifically 
for women who want to live brave, mm-hmm. who want to be courageous, who hear those um, those words and see them on pillows and bumper stickers and <laughs> yes. Instagram posts. But, but when it comes down to it, they really don't know what that means or how to do it because sometimes life is just hard and scary or just not what you, you thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And the reality of dealing with that is a little more tricky than a bumper sticker. That's right. That's right. And it sounds really cool. It's interesting that you make that point. It sounds really cool um, to encourage other women to live courageously, but we are often disconnected from like the daily grind, the daily task of what it looks like to kind of press through um, just life. And, you know, it it does kind of weigh down on a woman in a way that is unique to our role as women. So how did you Mm -hmm. choose the women in this devotional that would be um, featured? How were their Bible stories chosen? Well, in the devotional Bible that we uh, that we put out, there's there are I think fifty women that are profiled, and we wanted this to be a forty day devotional. So, I mean, to be real honest, I just read through all of them, mm-hmm. and the ones that spoke to me or God spoke to me through them, uh, I just did some research and found out more about their stories, and it was it was really interesting because I grew up in the church. I've you know read my Bible off and on for decades. I, I know the Bible, I know mm-hmm. the people in the Bible, or so I thought, but I learned something about every single one of these women. And it was just incredible to me to realize that even though I think my struggles are so unique, or I think, oh, women today, you know, life is so different, or, you know, technology and mm-hmm. uh, you know, politics or whatever, all the, all the things that make us, um, that, we, that are challenging they're not actually all that different, the, the challenges aren't, than what women were facing thousands of years ago. Mm, mm-hmm. So I like and that... So you might... Go ahead, Mary. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, you might think that, you know, what could someone from the Bible teach me about, um, for example, an issue that my... I mean, hypothetically, that my 12-year-old daughter is experiencing with social media in middle school. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turns out, I can still learn something from these women in the Bible because God's Word is living and breathing and Amen. moving today. That is so good. So I like that the devotional is kind of um, broken down and into these categories where there is almost like a specific focus. Can you talk about that a little bit? So as a woman is listening right now and, you know, she mm-hmm. kind of is questioning um, whether or not she needs to read another devotional. Like, do I, what's the, you know what I mean, right? She's going, I don't yes. know, should I get this, should I not? Can you talk about how this devotional is laid out and the benefits of the way that it's laid out? Sure. Well, we have um, kind of grouped them together under different categories because courage is, it's a big word. It's kind of a broad category. And you might think, oh, I need courage to, I don't know, fight a bear or you know, <laughs> I'm stranded on a desert island. I need to be brave. But really, there are so many things that happen in our day-to-day normal lives that require courage, whether that is a diagnosis mm-hmm. or a death or a difficult friendship or a strained marriage, divorce even, things with your kids. The, the, the whole gamut of life experiences. And so we've kind of categorized them. We've got women of beautiful brokenness where 
you know, they were courageous enough to let God work in their broken places, and that totally alters their their entire life. Mm-hmm. We've got women of daily grace who, who they needed courage to hang on every single day to let God provide for them. Uh, we've got women of leadership, women of friendship, women of hospitality. Mm-hmm. It's all the different types of challenges that we might face that require courage and they all look pretty, I mean, I don't want to say radically different, but they're pretty different from each other. And yet, at the end of the day, it's all about leaning into God's strength when we don't have enough of our own. You know what I think is really interesting, Mary, just looking in, in, in one of the sections, women of leadership. So I think that mm-hmm. our, our country right now and the church at large is sort of really caught up with this question of leadership and what it's supposed to look like and Uh, women's roles. But in this category, I think there's something interesting that you've done here, that you guys have done here. So you have people or women like Priscilla and Lydia. Mm -hmm. And I think that people might understand very easily their position of leadership and influence. And then, of course, a person like Deborah. But then you also have Dorcas. (laughs) I, I love that you include Tabitha as a person of leadership. Can we talk about that just a little bit? Because I don't think that women often see that and what is expressed in the book of Acts and, and how important she was to her community as what we would classically define as leadership. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, you know, like courage, leadership is a broad term mm-hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean being in charge. That's right. I mean, personally, I like being in charge. However, <laughs> I know that God has sometimes used me and worked through me when I have been, uh, I mean, when I have been courageous enough or humble enough to sit back and not be the one in charge and to mm-hmm. just obey Him in the small acts that He's giving me for this moment. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that not all of us are called to be on stage or under the bright lights or mm-hmm. on the air or... Or, or any of those things, but we're all called to obedience. Amen. Mm, Amen. That is so beautifully said. I love that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hope that um, the women who get this devotional will understand how rich the Bible is. I think when yeah. you take these yeah. topics and you put them all into one book and you allow yourself to just kind of sit and think about and reflect on what it is that you're reading, you start to engage with these stories or these accounts just a little bit differently. And again, just to kind of double back, to Dorcas in the Bible, I think, and the point that you just made was a beautiful one, Mary, so I'm not going to try to restate it, but understanding <laughs> that leadership is is not a position of power, you know, and, and I think today we're having that conversation, but to see the beauty in being a servant of the Lord, and that matters to a community so much so that they're like, mm-hmm. you know, get Peter, yeah. <laughs> Bring go her get back. Peter, we <laughs> need her, you know, and people are coming with their tunics and the things that she's made yeah. and yeah. Anyway, I just think yeah. that that's beautiful that you have included her. Um, so I already kind of asked you to, you know, talk about how this devotional is laid out and what kind of makes it different. But let's just kind of pull back a little bit and speak more broadly. Why, generally speaking, do you think devotionals are important in a woman's life? I know that a lot of, you know, different people in different walks of life read devotionals. Men read mm-hmm. them, women read them, moms and dads. And, and But why do you think devotionals seem to be such a win with women specifically? Well, I think that, I mean, I think, I hate to use the cliched answer of we're all busy, but 
gosh darn it, we are. We are busy, and I think that devotionals aren't a shortcut, mm-hmm. but they are, um, they're kind of like a trail map. And, you know, whether, whether our reluctance to dive into the Bible is one of, I'm too busy, I don't have time, or I'm insecure about my Bible knowledge, and I don't really know how to do this, mm. or I read it, and it doesn't mean, it doesn't make sense to me. A devotional can kind of take us by the hand and say, okay, read this little bit, mm. and here's what somebody else has gotten out of it, and here's some questions to help you figure out maybe what God is saying to you. And to do that in a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to spend hours, you don't have to get a degree, you don't have to go to 14 <laughs> classes. You know, you can just use this resource to kind of walk your way through what God, you know, might just have planned out for you to learn this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, that's really good. And in fact, we, you know, we want to give a couple away in the next segment. We'll do that. Um, but I think that it's a great way for people to kind of reset their year. You know, you might take a moment yes. and kind of walk through a specific topic or you might walk through a specific devotional study um, just to sort of recalibrate and kind of set the tone for your year. And I think that this book would be one that's really good for women to dive into. I don't know, man. It sounds like it's good for men, too. Hey, Will, I mean, I'm not going to stand uh, in the way of you. I don't in know. This book. Maybe, you know, I mean, I and, you know, to, if, to learn more than what you already know about some of the characters. Why but, not? Yeah, hey, look, Will, you know. Well, I mean, think about how often we women are learning from the men of the Bible. Hey. Oh, come on. This is, you guys. You're right. Hey, look. No. <laughs> I am not going to get in the way of any of your conversations. <laughs> because I, I, I agree with you guys 100%. I mean, hey, look, that's a great point, Will. That's yeah. a great point because um, the Lord does not overlook <laughs> women. They are included in, in the word, and we need to be able to focus on that. So, yeah. I mean, that's great. I, you know, and I hope that it doesn't sound like I'm, no, I'm, um, I'm playing being dismissive. Gino. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, she can dish it, but she can't take it. She can, she's way too sensitive. It's just my nature as a woman, the weaker vessel. Oh, just kidding. Go. All right, here we go. No, well, that's true. Yes, okay. Okay, okay. here we go. That's I, Read your Bible, Will. <laughs> Mary, this is what we're talking about. The Mary's need to not get, laughing. To she's get like, into uh. the, well, because I think Mary's uncomfortable. Oh. You know, she's like, man, I don't want to listen to a marriage crumble on air. <laughs> she's like, these people are bickering. All right. Last question, Mary. And you've survived up yeah. until this point, which we're grateful for. Thank you so much. Um, what is your your hope, your desire? You know, I, I know that when you serve as an editor, anyone serves as an editor or you're, you're writing something, putting something together. You kind of have a vision in your head that you're hoping mm-hmm. for the woman or the person <laughs> who sits down to read this book. What do you want their takeaway to be? Well, I think that my prayer for the reader is that he or he <laughs> walks away not just encouraged in spirit, but walks away with some tangible next steps in whatever path God has laid before them. Mm. Oh, that's, that's so good. good. And not that reading the story of Dorcas can <laughs> tell me how to, you know, deal with my issue on Tuesday, December 12th. Right. It's not Tuesday. But <laughs> <laughs> whatever day it is. <laughs> but I do believe, I do believe that if we come to the Word of God with an open heart, He's going to speak and He's going to show us some answers and it may not be you know, steps one through 10, but it might be that next step. So that's my prayer. 
Mary, this is so good. Thank you so much. How can our listeners get a copy of Women of Courage, the 40-Day Devotional? Well, they can find it really anywhere books are sold. They can find it on dayspring.com. They can find it on lifeway.com. And they can find it on Amazon or any local bookstore. Wonderful. God bless you, Mary. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. All right, we're going to take this break. When we come back, we're going to give away two copies of the Women of Courage 40-Day Devotional. Make sure you stay close. It could be for you, woman, or, or you, man. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Air on the Addisons on American Family Radio. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Toby Mack with I Just Need You. You ever, um, and Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We're going to give away a couple copies of the Women of Courage uh, book that we have. And I was thinking during the break, what was, you know, what would be the best way to give this book away that would ensure that I could exclude men? I'm just kidding. <laughs> there and, you go. And I thought it would be just to say, call the number based off your knowledge or your memory or your recollection of the number. And that would ensure that every woman would call immediately. Really? So you think so? I think that women have a better memory than men. Okay. Well, Do you disagree? Yeah. No. Do you disagree? No, no, I don't disagree with that. Okay. But, I, num- but numbers? I don't know. They, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They got some guys out there. I'm not saying me, this. but they got some guys out there that's like, we could they, test this they're theory. on the number. We okay. could, I could just give two numbers to call as far as be that caller number. Okay. I guess there's got to be an easier way for me to say that. <laughs> You're confusing us. I know. I'm sorry. Without giving the actual number and see who remembers it. So you just say. Can I tell j- you something? Just call now? Now? Let me tell you and something. People are like the people lines are, are calling. Lit. Oh my goodness. I wonder how many of those are men. This is so not a Friday show, people. <laughs> this is not a Friday show, but this is the kind of stuff that would happen on a Friday. All right. Well, let me just say this then. The first two callers right now that have called without hearing the number, you just remember the number. Those first two callers, Sherry, would you get them on? Would you get them on? They might have and it then, on speed dial. They might be cheating, though. But that's, all, that's fine. <laughs> Sherry's already working she, on it. She's, she's like, I'm done. I'm doing what I, here we go. Okay. <laughs> so the first two callers that called in without having to be told the number, you're going to get. Man, that line is lit. Copies. So, uh, speed dial. Look at that. One man and one woman. Boom, we both Yay. Right. That's <laughs> caller number one, caller number two, one man, one woman. There you go. You, um, two individuals, will pick up a copy of this book. We will send it out to you, and you should probably get this before Christmas. So yeah. you can either keep it for yourself or you can give it to someone else as a gift. Um, again, as just as a thank you from the Addisons, we you know like to be able to bless people when we can. Yeah. And certainly when we interview um, an author, mm-hmm. we want to make sure that we have copies to give away. And same was true for today. Yes. All right, then. Um, I feel like I need to say this, but I... Maybe I don't need to say this. Will okay. you think at this point people understand that I'm joking about my hostility toward men? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You think so? This is all fun and games. We're, okay. We're cool. I just want to make sure because we're going to get understand. emails and yeah. we'll go back and then we'll have a call. Well, say it if you, if you need to, but I think everybody understands. Th- so maybe cool. not a disclaimer. Hmm. Views and opinions. You like disclaimers. Presented ahead, by my it. wife do not reflect <laughs> what she actually feels about. Anyway, I just think it's funny to, to mock feminists. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we hear it, you know, we mm-hmm. recognize it when it's mocked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, I agree. anyway, that's what I'm doing. Um, anybody who doesn't understand that, 
you know, email Will. <clears throat> sure. Addison's at uh, AFR.net. <laughs> he's really good at bringing clarity to what I meant to say. <laughs> um, let's talk about this pastor in Alexandria, Virginia, okay. um, Reverend Howard John Wesley. He's the senior pastor of the historic church, Alfred Street Baptist Church. This church has been in existence for like 216 years. Am I right about that? I wanted to, yeah, 216 years. 216 years. And he has been the pastor. He's been leading the congregation since 2008. Okay. 2008. Um, He's decided that he needs to go on sabbatical. I want to play a clip here, just a small clip. You can hear him as he is um, explaining this to his congregation. I mean, he explains it at length, and then he goes on and he preaches a sermon kind of around this, the sermon on uh, Selah, you know, just Hmm. rest and, and being able to pause. And uh, anyway, listen, here he is, Pastor um, Howard John Wesley, senior pastor of the historic Alfred Street Baptist Church in Alexandria, Virginia. But pastoring is tiring in a different way. There's a weight a pastor bears in their soul and their emotions that is inescapable. There's not been a day in these past 11 years that I have not woken up and knew that there's something I had to do for the church. That I have to be available for call, that, that I journey with people through the highs and the lows of life, through the great moments of celebration and in the valley of death. To have to bear the weight of eulogizing members who I love, of wrestling every week to make certain that I hear from God and bring a word to you. I I don't stand here and just preach for you what I preached last year. I wrestle with God and it leaves me tired. I'm on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. CJ, this weekend, I celebrate my 30th anniversary of preaching. The Lord called me and I preached my first sermon, November 29th, 1989. I've been preaching 30 years. Now, here's something else that's interesting about about that. He goes on to say in the sermon, you know, talking about he preaches. They have four services at this church. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess it's considered sort of a mega church. It's a it's a 10,000 member. Yes, that would Is be that a mega, mega church? Ch- OK, yes. so <laughs> it's a <laughs> yes. 10,000 member congregation. And apparently they have four services a Sunday, Man. four services a Sunday. Yeah. When when I hear that now, look, I you know, I understand that there are churches that have multiple services and Mm -hmm. you do that to be a good steward because you're kind of, you know, you're built your your congregation is growing and you're like, you know, we don't want to read. You want to, you know, build a bigger building and all of that. I understand that. But I got to tell you, I have some concern about that many services. Yeah. Not only is it taxing on the pastor, but it almost seems like you've got that 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 silver crank thing when you're going into an amusement park. <laughs> like everybody's just kind of coming in and coming in and then going out. And then mm-hmm. and you've got to get people in and out quickly because the next service has got to start. Mm. Well, anyway, that's part of what this pastor is lamenting and saying that he is um, tired in his soul. Yeah, He says that he needs to recuperate both mentally and physically. So from January 1, 2020 to April 1, uh, he says, I'm walking away. And I'm just quoting him here. He says, I'm walking away from every responsibility I have as a pastor. He goes on. He says, you can't pour out of an empty cup. It's very dangerous for your pastor to be on empty. I need to take care of me. Um, 
he says he's tired in a way that one night's sleep is not going to fix it. Mm. He says he's tired in his soul. Um, he's been leading this congregation since 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if from that early time that they were having four services a Sunday, mm. but it would seem that, you know, yeah. I mean, if they're, you know. Now, even if you have one service, I mean, that's still, a, I mean, look, it's, it, it is work. But, yeah. you know, I just have a bunch of different thoughts going on okay. in, in my head. One is, man, you know, I'm glad that this pastor has recognized that he needs this sabbatical and uh, that he needs to take it. On the other hand, I could hear the Apostle Paul screaming in my ear, I didn't have no break. <laughs> I don't know um, that the Apostle Paul would scream in your ear no, that no, way. No, no, I'm just playing. Um, but, you know. I think he would make his subjects and verbs agree. And I don't know. I don't know if he would. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I just, you know, part of me is I, I, I feel like he is smart in doing this because, mm-hmm. you know, because, man, stuff happens. Yeah. And then we look back at pastors and be like, oh, man, look how he fell. Or look how, you know. Right. And, and a lot of times because they have not done maintenance but i what i will say that the apostle paul did that i feel like should be done today that he you know i feel like there's some multiplication that has that should happen in in some of these bigger churches Mm -hmm. where you assign elders to lead like yeah for this reason i left you in yeah maybe some churches you know maybe not all churches but maybe that what about the idea of churches breaking up breaking up not a not a divide multiplication but a multiplication to where you know Elders are set, and because that's big, that's huge. Four services. That's just my thought, and I I feel like that's a healthier way to manage things. So, do you think that there's been a certain amount of there's a there's a certain amount, and I'm not saying that that's this pastor's situation, mm-hmm. but when you look at one pastor who's like, I've got multiple campuses, I've got you know, and mm-hmm. and do you? Do you think there's a fear that kind of revolves around um, multiplication that it's like I've got to be the person? I think you I think there's a potential to have that type of fear. But I think that is not of God. Hmm. What we see in the Bible, like, again, is certain elders being set overseers in different areas. I think that's. That's a, a wiser way of doing it. Yeah. Like you get to a certain size. Hopefully you're raising up leaders. You have leaders within the church that, that are well able and apt to teach and, 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 and will fall under the qualifications of being an overseer that this thing can multiply instead mm-hmm. of just trying to keep it all in one, mm-hmm. having like multiple services where a lot weighs on the, the main. Pa- I just, you know, I, remember, I question that. I remember you um, teaching a lesson on, um, you know, how how to build up people in the church and how when people have different gifts, how to put them into place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember you using the illustration of Moses and Jethro. Yeah. And how Jethro was like, you know, this is not good. All right. of these people are coming to you. Right. You need to divide this up and have men over this and right. men over that. Men over. Right. And I remember one of the things that you said was that Moses had to display humility in yes. receiving this knowledge or this wisdom from his father-in-law. Yeah. Because could you imagine, you were joking, but you said, could you imagine Moses being like, excuse me? <laughs> you know, I talk to God face to face. I don't right. know that I need you telling me how to divvy up people. Um, Jethro, I think, uh, Red Sea. Uh, you know, <laughs> that was me. Like, <laughs> that was me, Jethro. You know, yeah, it's yeah. like, now thank you, Zipporah's daddy, but right. I got this. But it's, it's, it is it is a move of humility to do it today. I think, you know, I'm not saying that every church needs to do that, but I think, it, this is something something that should be looked at more multiplication you know instead of i understand why some people want to have like all these different services and all that 
But I think some of the reasoning may be selfish. It mm -hmm. may be a fear of losing control and things like that. And I, I just feel like there's no no place for that. Yeah. You know. But now, is there health in what he's doing, though? Yes, I, I think, think we so. Because we I were talking so. about needing to pray for our pastors and understanding that they're human, yeah. not creating celebrities. So I think I see something that is wise mm -hmm. in this and that he yeah. says that the Lord is showing him something about himself that needs checking. Yeah. Like he's saying that, look, wise. there are some things that I'm, I'm going through right now. Too. Yeah. And, and so I want to yeah. say that I commend even the way that he has presented this for example let me let me quote him again here this is what mm -hmm. he presented to the church earlier uh, this month mm -hmm. when he was talking about taking this sabbatical quote i want to draw closer to the lord i want to know what it's like to get back to the place where i spend the first hour of my day on my knees when you really love the lord there is something about being convicted of mm -hmm. a deficiency in your prayer life that you can't escape mm -hmm. sunday worship does not make up for deficiency in prayer serving in ministry doesn't make up for deficiency in prayer I want to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation without trying to write a sermon. Mm. I want to travel and go sit in the back of somebody's church and hear the word of God and not be worried about what time we got to get out for the next crowd. Mm. I end think quote. this sabbatical would be good for him and for the Man. church. Man. It would help the, him and help him to be a, a better servant for the church. Yeah, I think there it takes an, an incredible amount of strength to be able to say that. Because, again, you remember, we we're talking about this earlier this week. We have these pictures of like superhuman men mm -hmm. who serve in our pulpits and we should not. We shouldn't have this picture. We should understand that when you've got a person who is preaching, in his case, four sermons a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. See, four sermons. a Sunday. Like, I when do they start think, at five thirty? I don't think that's wise. Like, I just, you know, and I could be way off base. I think we need to empower, you know, not, I'm sure he has elders and stuff like that. I don't know what his church setup is. Mm -hmm. But I think when you get that big, ten, you said 10,000 10, members, that there yeah. should be some multiplication. That's just, you know. You pointed out, as we were talking about this ahead of the show, you pointed out that John Piper did this in 2010. Yeah. He yeah. took a sabbatical mm -hmm. um, saying that he needed to step down. There was no uh, moral failure or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And he said that his marriage was rock solid. But here was something that he said to his congregation back in 2010, uh, talking about he and his wife. He says, Noel and I are rock solid in our commitment to each other. And there is no whiff of unfaithfulness on either side. But as I told the elders, rock solid is not always an emotionally satisfying metaphor, especially to a woman. A mm. rock is not the best image of a woman's tender companion. In other words, mm. the precious garden of my home needs tending. Mm. He says, this was uh, Pastor John Piper back in 2010. He said, I want to say to Noel that she is precious to me in a way that at this point in our 41 year pilgrimage mm. uh, can be said best by stepping back for a season from virtually all public commitments. And I can hear pastors all over the place saying, <laughs> me too, I need a break. Touch the, your neighbor and say break. <laughs> Turn to five people. Turn to five people say break. <laughs> break. No, but I, break. in all That's seriousness, funny. I think it's, it's good to evaluate that, reevaluate where you are. And yeah. it takes humility to do that, to it say does. I'm stepping away, you know, and I'm going to uh, take this break because I... I since the Holy Spirit is convicting me of some things, I need to, you know, step away. It's better for that pastor and it's going to be better for that church family in the end yeah. that this is done. But I also think we need to look at in certain situations, multiplications. Yeah. In addition others. to the care that needs to be given, do you think there is a way for church members like the body of Christ to support those who labor in the word. I'm not saying yes. that we can prevent them getting to this place, right. but is there something for us to do that lightens their load? I mean, when he talks yeah. about 
constantly being on call. Yeah, I think so. I think we should. I think that we, we should find ways to alleviate some of the stress, some of the, you know, maybe, maybe it's watching the pastor's children yeah. so they can, you know, go out. Have a vacation and, and, or something. Yeah, do yeah, some things. A little break. There's some things that can be done. I think we have to think through how we can love our leaders. And I would also say this, too. I think that the cult of celebrity sometimes creates parishioners who think only the pastor can help them. Mm. Let me say this lovingly. There are mature brothers and sisters in the Lord who can also be a blessing to you. It doesn't have to be the teaching pastor. Yeah, and pastors need not have that mindset either, that Ooh. they're the only one that can help. We're going to have to leave it there until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.